Hey there, folks. Eric Cabral here from the Entrepreneur's Circle, founder of On Air Brands and Podmax. And I connected with the absolutely amazing and awesome Broham Pablo when we met at Podfest. And Podfest was really an opportunity for us to meet physically, shake hands, and get to know each other before everything went on lock. So now that we're in the virtual universe, I still highly recommend that you connect with Pablo because he's doing amazing things. He's super inspiring me to do more and be better at what I do. So I absolutely think that Pablo, you should connect with Pablo because this is the guy that's going to help you in all of your content creation endeavors and really truly a stand-up dude that's just going to do you right. So again, Eric Cabral from On Air Brands and I'll talk to you later. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, in my walks, Every man I meet is my superior in some way, and in that, I learn from him. This means every single person you ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person, and therefore has something to teach you. And you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every networking event or conference you walk into is both a library and your stage. Your network is your personal Google, and you are a part of everyone's Wikipedia. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I am your Chief Executive Connector. Follow me as we meet people in my walks. Find out what we can learn from them, what they've learned from others, and what made them want to connect so you can learn to gain and give value to others in all of your interactions. I am terrible at asking for stuff, but if you want to do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you've learned from each episode, or at the very least, hit me up if I can ever be of service or any kind of value to you. Now, without further ado, let's get connected. Welcome to the Chief Executive Connector Podcast. I am your host, Pablo Gonzalez, your Chief Executive Connector. With me today is a man who is a creative. He is an investor. He is an entrepreneur. He's an expert on establishing authority. He's a great networker. He's the founder of On Air Brands and Podmax. And most importantly, supremely cool dude. Great hang. A really, really nice guy that I have the privilege to legitimately call my friend. What's up, Eric Cabral? How are you, man? Hey, man. It's always a pleasure to be around you and always look forward to the times we get to hang and chat. And also, really super honored that you that you and I got to physically hang out before the bubonic plague hit us. So, yeah, it's we're, we're living in virtual worlds now, but how cool was it that we got to, like, have lunch and hang out and, and bro-hug each other? Uh, totally agree, man. I am glad, uh, I'm glad we used protection so we didn't give each other the plague there. <laughs> You had always, but dude, hazmat suit all the way. <laughs> you had a, you had that stylish, uh, like I remember, I remember perfectly. Like we're sitting outside, you had that like that stylish Pod Max kind of like, uh, what is it, oh. like a fleece? Those things are sweet, dude. Yeah, I have it right here, dude. It's almost like it's almost like scuba gear, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. it, man. I love this thing. It's it's like a break dance. It's like a break dance uh, windbreaker <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Taking me back, man. <laughs> all right, man. I like to, as I told you before we started, right? I, my big thesis on on connection is that people bond the quickest when they either add value to each other's lives or share a common vulnerability. So I know that our conversation is going to be super valuable, and I like to start our conversation with asking you, 
what you struggle with so that our buddy whose ear we're inside of right now can, uh, can, 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 can really relate to you, man. What are you, what are you struggling with right now? What's something yeah. you've, you've struggled with? Holler at me. Yeah. So currently, you know, and always going through growth, right? And with growth uh, comes pain. And with that pain comes uh, learning and an experience and living in your uncomfortable zone. I am living in the uncomfortable of uncomfortable zones, as you can imagine, because we're experiencing so, so much growth. And it's like, wow, you know, oh, we're having success. With success comes a lot of challenges, a lot of things and fear that develop because it's unknown. Uh, you know, I, I haven't been exploring the, the world that I'm in right now in terms of speaking to VCs and speaking to people that want to partner and to help us grow. That's all great. But now it's all about developing relationships, building trust relatively quickly, right? Because the industry moves fast. You know, our podcasting industry is moving fast. There's businesses being acquired and, you know, and being rolled up. And I, I liken it to the, the Russian doll. And, and it's like we're nesting and nesting and you know, what the industry calls rolling up businesses into and, and offering more value uh, through services and content and building, you know, massive vehicles for everyone to jump on board. They're like, hey, everybody get on the train. So right now, that's what I'm experiencing is, is growth. And, and whether you're a solopreneur, you're, you're, you know you're doing the right thing if you're experiencing stress because of growth and opportunities. How does that? I, I get that on a large scale and I know you, right? Like I know you are, it seems like you're on a fucking rocket ship. Like you, you, you seem, you know, one, one day I'm hanging out with you at PodMax. The next day you're like, yeah, VaynerMedia is talking about, uh, you know, uh, partnering with me and all this stuff, man. Like what is, yeah. how does that manifest for you, right? Like what is, what is that pain point of growth? Is it a fear of opportunity cost? Is it an imposter syndrome? Where, 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 does, it, where does it hurt the most for you? All of the above. Less the opportunity cost, more of, uh, like you said, Im imposter syndrome, fear of the unknown, honestly, fear of success. Like, what am I going to become? I've gotten to the point, Pablo, and I'm not bragging here, you know, hum humble bragging. If, if I go to a networking event, so for example, you, you and I, real estate guys, you know, Bigger Pockets, I was uh, at their conference you know, before everything went nuts. And there was like probably 2000 people there. And I was on a rooftop with, with Brandon, I'm drop, name dropping with Brandon Turner and all the big dogs from bigger pockets. And we're partying on this rooftop in, in um, Nashville, Tennessee. And I see a bunch of dudes looking over at me. They're like pointing, I'm just, just, just looking. And then they walk over to me like, yo dude, you're from Jersey, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So are we, they go, you're the no like, and trust guy. And I'm like, yeah, I say that all the time. We heard you on the blah, blah podcast. And I'm like, it's getting to the point where, and I was even in Miami, same thing happened, bro. Somebody texted me and said, hey, I'm with a fan of yours. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Here, put her on the phone. I'm such a huge fan. I've listened to your show. I've met the guy that called me. His name's Tim Kelly, uh, ADPI. He, um, he, they connected because of my podcast. She listened to my show connected with him and he became her coach so they were both at this grand cardone 10x conference that we talked about and they were together because of me and my show so they were like oh my god and it was weird can i tell this story really quick yeah bro and and, and i love her and hopefully if she's listening she, she she gets it 
So I said, hey, you know, I'm hanging out with all my bros. You know, we're smoking cigars. We're in Miami. We're doing when in Miami, you know, live hey, hey, hey. So we're smoking cigars. We're hanging out. We're eating, you know, tapas. And then we're, that's when she calls. And I'm like, hey, we're at this place. Show up. So she comes with her husband. And everyone's like, they see her and her husband. And I'm introduced them. And they're like, how do you know Eric? We're fans of his show. Now, all of a sudden, my bros, they're like, much respect, bro. We had no idea you were crushing it because they knew me before I even had a show. So then they're hanging. They're learning. There's all these crazy entrepreneurs there just killing it. And they're just like in awe, right? Because they're, they're up and coming. They're trying to figure out real estate investing. So they're looking around and they're like, hey, we're going to another spot. Why don't you come along? Well, we have a van that we rented, but it's full. So they're like, we're going to meet you there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to roll with... My, my tribe here. This is my tribe. Hell yeah, bro. I get, dude, I get in the car. They hadn't spoken to me at all during dinner. Now they're freaking out. They're like, oh my God, Erica Rawls in the car. Erica Rawls in the car. And I'm like, it, that was funny and cool for 30 seconds, but it's continuing. Do I need to open the freaking door and roll out of here? Because I, I don't, I'm feeling a little weird. But anyway, they ended up being the most wonderful people and, and I'm still in touch with them today. But when, when it gets to that point, do you want that in your life because it may seem cool and sexy and seem like from afar you know the gary v can't even walk down the street thing is cool um but when it becomes your reality you still have to start to question is this really what i wanted and you know how much of my life and my my family life and my my privacy is going to be sacrificed um those are questions that i often ask and my i, I bring it up to my team who laughs at me oh, of course you want that dude oh, that's why you got into it and i'm like you don't know it until you're in it. You know, I'm only getting a tiny, tiny sliver of a taste. So can you imagine, dude, like you can't even walk down the street. I mean, some people may love it, but some people may not. I don't know where I'm at. I'm in the middle. I get it, man. I get it. Yeah. Well, you know, the first, the first thing I want to say is if, you know, the, the fact that you're at that level doesn't surprise me at all. But at the same time, it's shocking because you're such like a normal dude. <laughs> right like like when i met you when i went to a podcast i'm just like oh who's this uh, asian looking dude you know <laughs> what's up bro you know like i i you're very understated you're very relatable you're like a like a super super cool guy um so i guess the first compliment is to tell you that you clearly don't you know you don't you, that stuff's not getting to your head in any way right um but and real quick, what show was it that they're talking about? Entrepreneur Circle or? Entrepreneur Circle, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. cool. And at the time, dude, I, I wasn't even at 50 shows yet, I don't think. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that showed me the power of it, dude, because podcasting was like a side gig. I was just like, I'm doing this because, you know, Gary V tells me I should have a personal brand. I didn't know how far reaching and how impactful it can be on people's lives until that very moment. Yeah. Holy crap. I'm not even home. I'm nowhere near home. Yeah. And it's reaching people who know who I am already. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. It's super powerful, man. And some of that stuff starting to happen to me too. And I'm, and I'm very early in my journey and I haven't done shit. <laughs> like, not, I haven't done anything. Right. So I what's, get it. Yeah. What's cool about that. What you just said is I was there too. Yeah. If it happens too quickly, you lose your mind, right? You, you see yeah. all these kids, literally the kids that grew up in Hollywood or, or any success. It's like winning the lotto, dude. And you're not financially uh, educated. You don't understand uh, investments, right? You piss it all away. Dude, I think it's better for us to slowly get indoctrinated into this lifestyle. So then eventually when you get like, Gary probably got there 
over 20 years, right? So he was prepared. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it, the, the, the slowness of it is good because I'm slowly acclimating to it. And whenever I tell stories like that, it does feel like braggadocious, but it's reality. I'm not making things up. These things happened. And it's just weird because it's surreal, right? Because yeah. we're no longer in the days where you had to be Brad Pitt on the big screen, right? We can be these social media maven personalities yeah. in 2020 and beyond. It's nuts. That's the fucking lesson, man. Like that, that to me is the biggest takeaway I got out of like my whole year of 2018 when I was at that e-commerce company. It's just like this dude I partnered with is the guy that I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to try to embellish this because it could come out really insensitively. Right. But like he was in my fantasy football league with all my friends. And at some point he left cause we were all shitting on him so much. But at the same time, there was like a thousand to 2000 people online who consider him a fucking Messiah on Facebook. So it's just like, you don't even, your, your, your audience can be tiny, right? Like, like it could be a tiny audience, but to that thousand people, to that hundred people, to that 50 people, it's, you know, the, the power of your, of your presence, it's like you're a real celebrity and it really is just all about showing up on Facebook and Instagram yeah. and having a podcast. Dude, here's what's crazy about what you just said. I think people have this fantasy that they need to speak to thousands of people. You, exactly what you just said. You can have a tribe of 20, 30, 50 people and you have to put it in perspective. If you were standing in a room and 50 people were surrounding you, listening to every word you're saying, isn't that powerful? Isn't that giving? Isn't that something that's magical where you can just like, hey, I'm, I'm sharing this with you and hopefully it helps you in your life. That's a lot of impact because such a ripple effect can occur when you hit, hit more people and, and on a deep level. And then now they're resonating your message and they're pushing it out. And man, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty wild to see it. Totally. So now that we establish how normal you are by saying how famous you are. <laughs> but dude, think about it. What you and I just said. It's true. Dude, I was a nobody corporate freaking shill just doing the grind, dude. Yeah. Showing up to yeah. work, not, not because I want to, but because I had to. And then, you know, being a nobody, dude, super insecure in meetings, didn't want to speak up because I didn't think my voice had value. I didn't think that anything I said was smart. I felt like a big dummy. And then at some point I realized I need to be like that person or my boss, or I need to figure out and then ask them questions. How do I get there? And little by little by little, I started to pull myself out of that hole and it took time, but yeah, it's, it's, it's recognizing the fact that you have value. Every, each and every one of us has something to give and to offer. And you may feel small or insignificant, but if you just change your mindset to think, no, I'm better than this. I'm better than what I am right now. And I can continue to be better. Dude, we all start from nothing, literally. Like come out, boom. And then it's like, I need to learn how to walk and I need to learn how to crawl. And you know, it's, it's just amazing life, man. It really is. You, you literally just hit right at like the central spinal cord of what this podcast is all about, right? Like, the, like I don't know if you've listened, but the intro to this podcast is a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson that says, every man in my travels, every man I meet is in some way my superior and in that I can learn from him. So like everybody has value and whatnot, man. So that being said, I want to get into that story of how you became, because it's, it's no surprise to me how quickly it's happened for you. Cause I'm seeing it happen very quickly for me and, and you've done it in a, listen, man, I see you as a giant inspiration in my life, right? Because, because in your story, I hear my story. Yeah. You're just like 
one or two years ahead. <laughs> you know, like, like you've literally been doing this maybe one or two years longer than me. Literally the same exact, you and I are following the same blueprint. It's incredible. Exactly. It's yeah. exactly the same. So, me so, out. so I've never heard you say that you were in conference rooms thinking, oh my God, I can't speak up. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, I want to sound like that. And I just had a conversation that was just like that for me. And I went back to like my, uh, my Genesis conversation where I was like, oh man, this dude is speaking about things he's learned from other people and it makes him sound really interesting and I need to add that feather to my cap. Did you have, did you have a singular moment like that also? Um, in terms of like deciding to make a change or? Do- yeah, like do you, do you have like a conversation in particular that you remember where you're just like, oh dude, this guy is sounding really, really interesting and I can do this if I just start thinking the way that he's thinking kind of thing? Yeah, kind of, sort of. I um, I stepped into this creative agency where it was super hot, sexy. Imagine all the super young people, creatives, you know, from every level of a, of a writer to an artist to executive. And I really wanted to fit in. I really wanted to get into that culture and be cool like them. So I externally created that persona. Right. I put the blazer on with the T-shirt and I'd rock that. I'd come in like, where's the party? I'm the party. And I started to realize not quickly that I was sort of faking it because here I am all these years in corporate America um, doing what I'm told to do, but never really pushing out an agenda, just saying yes, never really putting out my thoughts and opinions, just agreeing and saying, whatever you need. Yes, master whatever you need. And I got to this place and I saw that they weren't like that. Everyone in this culture was like, take charge. It was a lot of big voices and big personalities in the room, type A people like, bah, bah, me, me, I listen to me. And they were all fighting. And I started to understand what was possible and how I can maybe evolve into that person. So, you know, I would look to my peers and bosses there and say, I want to, I want to present the way you do. Right. So in the creative world, we do a lot of presentations in in front of corporate clients that are, you know, multi-figure businesses, billion dollar businesses, literally. And they would present like nothing, dude. Like they'd be on stage and like, yeah. And and they would act so their swag and confidence levels. Like someday maybe I'll be that. And I would ask them, how do you do it? How do I present and be comfortable and confident? You know, when I'm in front of the room. And it was simple, dude. All they said, and it's so funny because I think back then when I hear it and repeat it now, I'm like, duh, how do you not know? One person actually said to me, all you have to do is wake up early and prepare for the meeting. Like know what you're talking about and you'll be comfortable with what you're saying because you won't need to read a script. You'll believe in what you're saying, right? So if you believe what you're saying and you're prepared, you're going to come off confident because you know your shit. I was like, uh, thank you and and since then i always strive incrementally to get better and better and better and who and fast forward five years i'm in front of the room in front of hundreds and hundreds of people just sharing and doing what i do and now people come up to me how do i do that how do how did you get there and i'm just saying the same thing prepare show up you know stay up before the night before know your talking points it seems simple right but to, to those trying to figure it out, not so much. Real quick, because now I'm going to ask you to tell a story in a second, but the amount of like inflection that you put into your voice and the amount of voices you do and like your energy, is that, is that natural or is that learned? Uh, 
because it's it, fucking awesome. I'm just throwing it out thanks, there. Thanks, brother. Yeah. If we say, ah, you're awesome. Appreciate the, it. I think it was learned very young, yeah. being around funny people, being around people that were animated. My cousins, you know, Jersey. Yeah, yeah, they, they well, we're New Yorkers too. New Yorkers. So yeah, we, New York, yeah. We, a lot of people in my family are storytellers. Yeah. And I noticed the art of storytelling and telling jokes. This was the time when my dad would have a stack of dirty book, dirty joke books, and he knew them by heart. And he would embellish and add to these stories. And he and I would sit in the car for hours driving to where we were driving, just telling dirty jokes, jokes that we've heard over and over and over again, but we would try to one up each other by adding. And I would always add voice. He was never great at voices. And he used to crack up like practically driving on the side of the road because he was crying at my voices. And I was like, Hmm, there's something powerful there. And then I started to mimic family members. And then I started to get in the workforce, started mimicking my coworkers and, you know, uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery, but not everyone agrees with that. Right. So I had to be very careful. If I saw somebody wasn't digging what I was doing, um, then I would sort of do it, still do it. But like when no one was <laughs> behind closed doors to the people that would appreciate it. I hear, I hear a lot of stuff that I, that I associate with my family, right? Like the, the bonding through humor and bonding through making fun of each other. And, and real quick, I want to get this out of my head because I'm, I'm like beating myself up for saying it. But the guy that I described that we're like making fun of and he left our fantasy football league, I, I believe in that guy enough to quit my job and go join this company, right? So I'm not like, you know, so, so, so I'm not trying to put him down in any way. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, wh- <laughs> what, was, uh, what were dinner tables like in your house, man? <laughs> Good one, good one. Dude, um, the, here's the thing. I was the youngest, right? So my youngest of two. My sister's two and a half years older than I am. And she, unfortunately, um, was in the Philippines. My, for some strange reason, my parents decided to leave her behind because they didn't know what was the great unknown. They didn't know what was going to happen in Brazil, which where they wanted to move first. And then they came to America. Um, I can't imagine leaving my oldest and my only uh, behind. <laughs> they did. Um, and then I grew up an only child up until I was like, I don't know, five or six till she finally was flown over from the Philippines. It was so weird, dude, because I remember playing in our Yonkers apartment on the floor and my parents going, you know, you have a big sister and she's coming soon. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like a five-year-old, maybe younger. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about until she showed up. But anyway, um, I think during that time, because of that, and I'm giving you that uh, primer for a reason. At the dinner table, my parents, I think, especially my dad, felt guilty of all the missed years and tried to make up for it at the dinner table. So they concentrated heavily on her and fixing her. Not that she was broken, but like yeah. so much time and hours were devoted to her pre, during, and post-dinner that I was able to leave, go play with my Star Wars figures, go do my thing because I was flying under the radar pretty much my entire life because they were paying all their attention to her. And also, you know, older generations, especially from abroad, the boy is the boy and he's, yes. he's, he can do no wrong. I would literally have girlfriends sleeping over the house at the age of 14. Meanwhile, her boyfriend at the age of 18, 19, couldn't step on the lawn, dude. Like literally he'd be standing on the curb and then my dad would be standing in the door. I'm like, yeah, you, you can't come up here, dude. Like, that's crazy. So that's the, that's the house I grew up. I know it's not the dinner table, but the dinner table was dominated by talks between my father and, and my sister. 
That makes sense, man. And listen, now, I, now, man, it's it's crazy, bro. Like I, I am extremely marked by having an older sister in a Hispanic household where the double standard is ridiculous, and you know she was very overseen, and it was like, oh yeah, Pablo's just a funny guy that can get away with whatever the fuck he wants, right? Like, um. And I, and I find that I bond with guys that have older sisters because it, it is a perspective to be had, right? Like yeah. um, for, for whatever reason. Were you aware that you were being treated differently or, or did you care? Yeah, because my sister still doesn't shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. yeah, it's the same, dude. My, my, my sister still harbors a lot of resentment over yeah. it, you know, and she's, she's in her 50s now and she's like, and I'm like, man, you haven't, you haven't chewed on this and spit it out already. It's still on. It's it, tough, huh? man. It's real. Yeah. Listen, man, being a, being a woman of that upbringing, right. Of that, like, call it the patriarchy, call it the, the double standard, whatever you want to call it, man. It, it, yeah. it really, it really does a number on, it does a number. It's, it's an impossible standard to live up to, man. Yeah. Right. Like I, I see that very, you know, my story that I go to is just like, my sister was allowed to see her first PG 13 movie taking me to go see it because you know and she was like 14 and i'm four years younger than her right. you know what i'm saying like like it's that yeah. level of double standard yeah and um and it marks you right like it it, it definitely it definitely yeah. made me aware of it and um you know yeah i to, to be quite honest i was enjoying it like i of course i oh, didn't of course. empathize i should have been em empathetic yeah I, I wasn't yeah um and i remember exactly you remind me of the same story where um, the only reason they taught her how to drive is because I was turning 16 and they were like, Oh crap. She's like, she's been trying, she's been begging, teach me how to drive. I want my license. But we learned at the same time, dude, yeah. how effed up is that? She's two yeah. and a half years older than me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, like yeah. those are your formative years, man. I could see why you would harbor that. Right. And my sister, by the way, is, is my, like my number one confidant in all sorts of stuff. Right. And I, but I, but I still see, I still see the effects of that upbringing. Do you have, do you have daughters? I have two little girls, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what, I know. What, do you, what do you, have you processed that in like how you are going to react to how you treat them as whether they were boys or girls? Uh, we tried to be very intentional with everything, their environment. Um, there's something inherent with, genders i've seen although we threw blue toys you know trucks mm -hmm. uh whatever it is it didn't matter you know dolls with short hair boys you know it didn't matter they gravitated towards their girly stuff cool pink stuff long hair barbies like it's just something inside I, we had no control it just took took hold of them you know disney frozen all that stuff we didn't expose them to that deliberately it all just showed up it's mm -hmm. weird. Yeah. 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 Interesting, man. I didn't think that we'd go, I didn't think we'd go down this, down this <laughs> route, but I find it, I find it fascinating. Right. Like, and, and I very much, you know, we kind of scratched the surface on your podcast of like political affiliations and immigrant stories and whatever, man. <laughs> but, um, this is part I, two, by the way, this is great. This is better than my podcast. You guys should just listen to this show. Don't listen to my show. I mean, they're already <laughs> listening, Eric. So if you want, we can just say your podcast and just. And no, but no, I'm serious though, dude. I'm having way more fun. Maybe it's because I'm on the other side. More pressure on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel any pressure, man. Dude, the, the, what, I, what I want you to, I want you to tell the story of how you got to the front of the room. The, let's see. 
first I had to be comfortable with the idea of being in front of the room, right? Yeah. And that, that, that took time in the corporate environment. So I was able to flex that muscle a little bit uh, during corporate America, presenting in front of clients that were, you know, super intimidating. Um, when I started to get better at that, I, I got the confidence to network, right? Because I, I, I was accustomed to being in the corporate boardroom, so to speak, and make small talk with suits. So then when I got really good at connecting with people at that level and working with clients that wasn't that weren't clients of my personal business, but I was growing the business within, you know, a fortune, you know, 50 company. I was able to take that experience and bring it into the real estate investing world where I really started to understand the importance of networking, right? Who needs to network other than when you're looking for a job, when you're in a W2, the time to network is when I think I'm going to get laid off. The time to network and make phone calls is when, uh oh, I'm about to lose my job. Let me call those. And I hated being that person. And I hated getting those calls, right? From being like, you're just calling me, John, because you're, you're, you got laid off. I know what happened at your company. Now you're calling me. We haven't spoken in three years, you know? So when I realized it's, that's the worst way to network and connect with people, I really started to embrace the real estate investing communities, abundance type of mindset. And when they all were in it for each other and helping one another, and trust me, there are the gurus out there and run to the back of the room. And I got sucked into that. I really did. I dropped. I got got from that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I learned from yeah. that experience, yeah. right? That was an expensive MBA for me um, to, to figure out, dude, it wasn't really until one of those experiences that I understood brand through association. I didn't understand aligning myself with people who had tribes of people like that. I learned through my 40, $50,000 real estate investing course um, because they did it. So lesson learned, it was expensive, but I built, I used it and helped me to build this, everything that we're experiencing now through real estate and media and content creation and podcasting, that was necessary. I had to do that. And getting into the front of the room was really, identifying opportunities and identifying people that have the opportunities. They were the doorknob for me to get, get to the next side. And it wasn't like using a doorknob in a dirty sense. Like I used you. It was, uh, it was staying with them as long as the journey allowed it to. Right. And I still, there's still a lot of them are my business partners and and close friends. And they helped me leverage my superpower. They were like, this dude is great. We can really use his talents, get into the front of the room, inspire people. And when I started doing that, it was a drug, man. Like getting in front of the room and then having a line of people waiting for you. I think we talked about this. And then understanding, holy crap, people actually give a, give a shit about what I'm saying. I'm helping people. I'm really helping people. Oh, yeah. So then it just continued. And then it, it, it translated really, really well online and through live and doing all this stuff. Yeah. And, and listen, I, this is what I talk about ad nauseum here too, right? Like we're both, we're both believers in this stuff. I want to, I want to just pull out a couple of things from your story that when you're saying that you're staying with these people, first of all, I like to say, find a way to serve the people with the keys to the doors that you want to open. Right. And 
you did it at first by staying late at networking meetings and helping the organizer put up tables and chairs and, and clean the room. And later you figured out, oh, everybody in this room needs some like branding advice and, and the stuff that you're good at. So you just started doing it for them. And that's what opened the door for you to being on stage. And then you get that drug, right? Like, so yeah, I, I yeah. Want comment there. No, that was great. No, that, that I, I told that version of the story uh, during a separate conversation, but yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know, that, that way was the direct path to, to getting in front of the room because what I did was when I walked into a room and this is networking, you know, 202, when you walk into the room, identify who is the one, who's the brains behind the operation. It may not be the person that's giving the talk. It may not be the person that's in the front of the room. It may be somebody next to them. It may be somebody that's around networking with others. Mm -hmm. When you identify the people that have influence, those are the people you want to be around. And not just because you want to use them for anything. It's because you want to learn from them and then partner with them, add value in their business and life. And then they understand and realize, holy crap, this guy's pretty cool. I am gaining a ton of him just showing up all the time. Let me help him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you, you're, you have access to so much more than what you had previously. Totally, man. And I want to get into your thoughts on how content plays into that. But real quick, like what you're saying, right? There is, there's this book called The Code of Trust by this dude, Robin Drake, that I heard him on a podcast. And then I went and looked him up on like 10 podcasts. Have you, you, know, you know who he is? I just interviewed him. Oh, sick. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so man. Funny, dude. Yeah. That so it's crazy. so it's I like the, the It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I would love I would love to interview him too. Um uh, Yeah, I'll introduce you. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. I appreciate that, man. Um but yeah, his his whole thing it's like approach someone with without judgment. Um figure out what they want. Uh figure out what you can validate out of the things that they want and how you're aligned and then offer them options that are we can either do stuff in your in your benefit that is aligned with what i'm doing or you can do your own thing whatever man and that's really the that's it yeah it's so simple it's so simple dude yeah you got to have him on your show because he's got some i try to get him to tell some stories where i'm like all right give me some back of the room you don't tell a lot of people these stories like whose heads got knocked onto the table and he, he told some really cool stories that he was allowed to share um, but you know what, that's also taking and borrowing from, uh, how to win, f- uh, friends and influence people, because it's the same thing. Like, how do I align with your goals? What do you need? How can I, how can I best serve you? And then listen to you intently and genuinely. And then that person's going to open up and they're going to be like, here's everything. And then you can systematically start to figure out solutions for them. And then boom, now it's win for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and, how you and I jive because as soon as we met, you know, we're like, hey, I know there's something here. This guy's really stand up. I could feel it. I didn't need to hear it. I just felt it. And then we connected and we're like, dude, dude, we just keep lobbing balls over each other. Like, is this way you want to put that one in? Put that in your basket or not. It's up to you. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. I, um, you know, I was going to kind of save this compliment for the end and I'll, I'll repeat it again. But yeah, man, that's something that really impresses me about you is that you, you operate like that. And that's very, very clear. And that is very attractive, right? Like somebody, somebody like you that whenever you're like, man, I like this dude, I'm gonna I, I like, how can I do something with him that benefits him is 
how I try to be all the time. And I find that that's what everybody tells me that they like about me. And it's yeah. obviously a super likable thing. And you do it at a, at a really high level and you're a super high level guy. Right. So like, I, I, I think that part's amazing, man. Um, how do you, <laughs> so within all of this is the idea that we're serving people, right? We're offering them opportunities. We are relationship builders and we're content creators. Why, why, why content? T talk to me, talk to me about how content fits into all this equation. So I like to think about content as, um, so it's, it, I'm trying to think about it a, a, a less abstract way, but a good sort of visual photo for everyone. Um, <laughs> if, if you think about creating content, not necessarily in a micro or uh, intimidating way, where it's like, there's so many things that I could do and say and put out there, but how does it affect the whole, right? So if you can sort of think about it as you're blanketing like an entire area, you know, or maybe let's liken it to those air. This is funny because it's summertime and I'm near the beach in Jersey and there are still old school airplanes flying with banners back and forth. Right. And I'm like, what Geico? Okay. They're still plugging money into that. That's weird. It feels like 1980 again, but I imagine say maybe something like that where you're, you, 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 every piece of content you throw up there is a flag in the sky. And then you, if you do more and more, and all of a sudden you have hundreds, if not thousands of messages that are, people can't avoid it. They just see it because everywhere they go, they see it, right? And then like, and eventually, whether they like it or not, they're going to have you in their subconscious. Yeah. And when it comes time to buy, when it comes time to invest, when it comes time to do anything that they need that you do, who are they going to think of? right? That's how it all works. I mean, that's, that's not something we, you and I invented. That's something that marketing advertising has been going on for hundreds, decades. People understand you have to be everywhere in order to create awareness and for people to eventually want to work with you. Right. What's that? What's the saying, Pablo? Uh, it takes seven or eight touches before somebody decides to. Correct. Correct. So, so to me, what's unique is that I think everybody's trying to do that from, from forever, from Pepsi to, you know, to me and you. Yeah, yeah. But you use it as a way to serve others, mm. right? Like you are, you're combining that with serving others the same way that you were putting up chairs. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. So, so that metaphor, although it's about spreading your message, the message being that whatever you're looking up at, and reading and digesting helps you in some way. Some way it's telling you, you know, eat right. You know, some way it's telling you go to sleep. You know, it's, it's positive messages out there so that people subconsciously start to implement what you're saying and what's helped you in your life. I'm not saying this is going to work for you, but this is what's worked for me. And I remember you and I, especially when I, when I was coming up, listening to Gary Vee, listening to all the thought leaders that were telling me this works and just following and trusting in the process. That's all we're doing. We're champions of the Gary Vee model where content and, and documenting your journey. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying anything new here. I'm just telling my version of it. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. So, so get this. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hit on what Podmax is and everything like that. But like in everything that we're saying, right? Like um, I've long 
if I was like a, I don't know, a paper salesman, <laughs> like, <laughs> if I just sold office stuff, like I've always been like, dude, who's going to make the gatekeeper podcast? Who's going to do, who's going to interview every executive assistant of every high power of every high power fortune 500 guy, you know, who's going to take that thing and run with it. And they're going to be the most connected motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like, like I've yeah. always thought whoever, 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 whoever makes the executive assistant podcast that all he does is interview the most organized, most thorough. Cause those, uh, they're predominantly women, right? But like those, those, those people are just, they have so much to offer in organization and service and how they approach life. But they're also like, dude, you want to walk into an office with donuts or do you want to like spend 45 minutes talking to like the secretary of, uh, I don't know, fucking Gary, you know, uh, the CEO of GE or whatever. Right? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm surprised. I would be surprised if that doesn't exist or that's how a lot of people get to the, the higher levels, right? And, and getting yeah. access to the Tony Robbins or Gary V's. Yeah. Everybody knows you got to go to the bouncer. You got to get through them first. That's, that's kind of how I got to James Altucher. I mean, I became friends with Jay Yao and, and, and it happened at the same time, mm -hmm. but it helped knowing his personal assist. It helped being aligned with and having access to both. If you can get both numbers, if you can get D-Rock's number and Gary V's number, then you're good. You're yeah, in, yeah. right? So yeah, absolutely critical to get the gatekeeper on board. But then if you can get both, because then when they talk, it's almost like, oh yeah, it's a no-brainer. I know him. I know her. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. listen, speaking of, speaking of D-Rock, right? Like I've, I've met Gary V four times and yeah. the first time, super hectic. But the last three times, I'm always like, D-Rock, what's up, man? What you do is incredible, right? Like yeah. by the fourth... You know, by the third time, he's like, hey, good to see you again, man. He's acknowledging yeah. me. By the fourth time, we gave, you know, I was, I was helping my buddy fundraise for this company, Rabbit, and we gave um, Gary a, a beanie with Rabbit on it, and D-Rock went and, like, posted all sorts of, like, pictures of him wearing the Rabbit. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it, <laughs> it's, it's clear that, the, you know, you serve, you serve the number two person, um, and you acknowledge that person, and, and yes. genuinely, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like yeah. I see D-Rock as maybe the most important historian of this, of this decade. Yeah. Yeah. So true, man. So true. You have to, you, you have to go in there with genuine and authentic, uh, you know, it, just your intentions have to be true. And if you're, if you're coming there and just like, yeah, yeah, man, they, they, it's, they smell it on your breath. They know. Yeah. yeah you're just using me to get to this person. Dude, so you said something interesting, which I, I always, I always kind of deconstruct why, how I met somebody we met at PodFest. We already said that, right? And then why they like stick around with me, right? Like why they decided to build relationships with me. And you said you felt it. Are you, are you a very just like intuitive person about who you grow closer to? What do you look for for people that you grow closer to? Yeah, I, I am a very guttural type of person. Like if my instinct tells me something's true and right, I go with that. Um, and then I need time uh, to to make it true, right? I, I need time. I need I need all the information to then inform me. Yeah, that it always ends up being correct. Always, one hundred percent of the time. Um, so sometimes I'll go into that whole analytical side of me where I'm like, okay, this 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 this. But the thing is, I think your 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 instincts know, right? As as human beings we're here on this planet because we have instincts that help us to survive. So I think if there's something that is in, 
congruent or it doesn't line up or jive, you're going to be out, right? I'm out. This thing doesn't make any sense. Even though you may not be able to pinpoint it, there's something a little off, right? So I just step away from those or I pause on those relationships or those opportunities where I'm like, you know what? Something's a little weird here. Let's talk later, you know, and then talk later or not. But I want to point out one thing to people that I often preach about, which is really key. And a lot of people don't realize that there's value in this. When you walk around, you never know who you're going to meet, right? You never know the opportunities that may present itself, especially when you're out at conferences, summits, networking events. So show up in your best light. Don't show up in sweatpants and jeans. Your hair is unwashed. You know, you, you, you got a three-week-old shadow on your face because subconsciously people are going to judge whether we admit it or not. And when I met Pablo, when I met you, brother, you were in a freaking suit. And that was indelible. That stuck in my mind on the subconscious level that you took yourself seriously. You were a trustworthy guy. You took care of yourself. It sent so many subconscious signals that when we spoke again, I still see you. And hence why people always say, use your profile to paint the picture that you want people to perceive you as, right? So when in your profile header, you know, if you have a photo of you on stage or you being interviewed on a news show, put that crap up there. Represent yourself in the highest, truest form and light of yourself because over time, people are going to understand and believe the story that you're telling, whether it's true or not, you and I are true guys. But as I'm saying, put it out there, make sure that you're conscious of how you're perceived. And that's next level. It's self-awareness. Yeah. Really, I love that, man. I love that you brought that up. Um, there's one of my one of my networking speaking points. I talk about like how you show up matters. And I have this story about my financial advisor of who, you know, like I'm like his exception of like, he serves people way, way more, <laughs> with way more money than me. But he was calling me one time. Is this dude, Ulti, who's Albanian, super cool fucking guy. Um, and, uh, and he calls me, I'm like, I see the phone. I'm like, Ulti, what's up, bro? And he's like, Pablo, I just love calling you, man, because every time you pick up the phone, you know, you're just like super happy. It brings a smile on my face. And I'm like, this is why this dude, you know, this is why he like, trips over pen, you know dollars to pick up my pennies because uh, just because of that you know like yeah you know how you Dude, show up matters what you're saying right there is uh, another there's so many things here that people can extract it's so it's, it's gold what how you make people feel yes is so important because and that's what we bring you know not that i'm so we don't have to talk about my businesses at all but you know with our no, event we can't. please 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 talk no about it's it. It's about the freaking experience. It's about how you feel. Yeah. And dude, I'll never forget this. One of my coaches back in the day said, if you can get in the transformation game, like Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, and you can transform lives. Yeah. Dude, you're, you're off. That's it, yeah. man. You're yeah. a success because everyone needs it. The world needs it. 99% of the world needs us, right? In order to become these positive shining lights of beacon beacon where it's like, come on folks, let's get out of this. Let's stop going down rabbit holes and being so negative and pointing fingers. You're a left, you're a right, you're a black, you're a white. Like this is all ri ridiculous nonsense that if you were up on the moon and you had a house up there looking down, none of that shit matters. None of it matters. There is no up and down when you look down at the earth. Yeah. Right. It's all relative. 
Yeah. So we're like quibbling over these stupid things, not realizing we're human. We're all cut yeah. us, right? We all bleed the same color, man. I don't know what, I just, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but in the end, what it all means is we're all the same and we're all here really to help each other. And that's how we evolve. We're going backwards right now. We're going backwards. And it's yeah. like, this is not good. We got to, we got to continue the momentum forward. We had it too good. That's what it is. Yeah. We had it way too good. And now people are like, oh, you're taking away my life and my Netflix and my thing. And I can't go to the gym. It's like, because we were cush. We were too cush. Yeah. Wake up. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, agreed and people underestimate right like there's that saying that everybody needs like a cheerleader and a coach and a something and a something yeah. and people underestimate just how valuable the fucking cheerleader is and how easy it is to be a cheerleader man like all you gotta all you gotta do is be happy for people and people yeah. love you for it man think about it man i mean that's what moves mountains that's what yeah. gets how, how skyscrapers are built there's always a lead who has the vision yeah. right and tells everyone this is going to be great. We're going to be able to do this. If you don't have those people, if you don't have those leaders, nothing will get done. We'd all be, we wouldn't have Netflix. That wouldn't have been built. But I mean, we, we'd be sitting around with our thumbs up our asses because there's someone that has a vision, but we don't know how, not everyone has the, the tenacity, the passion, and the energy to pursue their dreams. It's easier to sit and uh, be idle and just be told what to do. Whereas the leaders make shit happen. The leaders create change in the world. You know, I got this thing here on my wall that always reminds me, but Steve Jobs, half of it's covered right now, but it, it's, it's, you know, it's about the rebels, you know, the, 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 oh, yeah, his, everyone that changed yeah, yeah. that yeah, yeah. quote, you know, you yeah, yeah. change the world. Like the, the, those are the people that make change. I love it, man. I, I, I'm no bullshit. Like 10 minutes before I hopped on this, on this call, I was in the kitchen with my wife saying how grateful I am that while I, while I question myself all the time, I have mood swings too. And, and, and just like everybody else, right? Like my, my default status is of happiness and optimism. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for that, man. Cause it, 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 it really is like people, people need that more like getting, pulling, working that little bit extra to pull that out of you, to share it with someone always makes the pie bigger. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't know where I get it from, man. Like I really, like, I just feel blessed that I have some combination of genetics. I was the youngest. I was the enabled boy. I watched Ace Ventura at the right time. Um, <laughs> you know, where, what do you think? Do you think you get that from being the youngest kid in the thing also? Right. Cause I'm just hearing all yeah. the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you and I come, you know, cut from the same cloth because there were less restrictions. There were less rules around our life. And therefore the sky was the limit. Like there was nobody telling me you can't do that. Yeah. Because I, I was, I was flying under the radar. So, but if I had a thumb on me and there was constant attention, I probably wouldn't be here with you right now. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. man. This is, this has been great, dude. You ready? You ready for the lightning round? Pew, pew, pew. Okay. All right. What is your favorite restaurant and oh, what dish do you get there? Well, you know, not to get into all politics, but yeah, I hope my favorite restaurants stay open. But um, dude, on the Upper West Side in New York City, there's a place. Oh my God. I forgot the name of it. It's a Spanish fusion. It's an Asian Spanish restaurant where dude, straight up, you walk in there, there's Chinese dudes working there 100 percent chinese dudes but they all speak spanish like 
dude, like straight from Miami. They, they, they yeah. have the accent down. You would 100% close your eyes. I'm speaking to a Dominican guy. I'm speaking to a Puerto Rican guy. I was about to say, we call those he, Puerto Ricans, right? Dude, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it there. Oi, <laughs> Chino. Oi, Chino. Dude, they, 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 they live and walk the walk. But anyway, you can go there and get amazing, you know, arroz con pollo. You can get all this. Nice. Oh, oh, my God, dude, everything. Just yellow rice and beans, whatever it is you want, dude. That, to me, whenever anyone asks me, what's your last meal? I'm like, I need a pork chop. I need yellow rice. I need some black beans. And I need a little side salad. Yeah, boy. I All like I it. Need, man. I like it. Yo, in Miami, there's a really good Peruvian Japanese fusion. And they yes. make this like arroz chaufa. That is like that, that perfect amalgamation of, yes. of what we're talking about, man. Dude, good, good nothing, call. nothing like a good old Spanish meal, man, with a shit ton of rice on the plate. Dude, I cook, I cook so much. I'm so happy I married my wife because she taught me how to make really good rice. And yeah. now I'm just like addicted to making rice every day. Man. Uh, like it's uh, so dude. good. Yeah, I, I, I married a white woman and she's like, you need to stop eating rice and pasta and you're getting fat. And I'm like, ah, it's my uh, life. But uh, you get used to it. Now it's a treat. Now it's a treat. <laughs> Real quick, you got family in Italy, right? You said? I do. Yeah, yeah. My aunt, who is my sister's, my, my mom's sister, married uh, a straight up Italian guy. Okay, and awesome. He, uh, yeah, and they have, you know, children, Filipino, Italian kids and um, yeah, 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 Bologna, which is, you know, it's a fabulous place. But uh, yeah. Put things in perspective when you're a kid, right? Because then you need to travel. Totally, man. Uh, What content are you most into right now? Right, like this could be your favorite podcast, your favorite podcast episode, your favorite book, uh, your Netflix and chill show that you got going on, right? But like, I I like to talk about the impact (laughs) of content on people's lives. Yeah, I um, I I'd love to say you know what people would want to expect in you know business content. But I, I do need to chill sometimes. I do need to decompress and shut things off. I, I love watching, um, whether the shows are on Netflix or Amazon, you know, stuff that aside from, I, I've discovered and appreciate documentaries now more than ever, mm. right? So I do jump into one. Uh, um, there's one called Heist on Netflix and it's all about the money being laundered and all these back-end deals. But the thing is to me, it's- That's a Spanish show, isn't it? May, is it? Yeah, it I think be. it was made in Spain. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it yeah, maybe it originated. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's yeah, entrepreneurship. No, it, yeah, please. It's but the thing is, it's kind of like Ozark. I don't know if anyone's a fan of Ozark, but someone got me hooked. I was never gonna watch that show because I don't like committing the rest of my life to a show yeah. that has like 80 seasons. Yeah. Um, but when he said you're an entrepreneur and you're a real estate guy, you need to watch this show. And I was like, why? He's like, this guy's all about business and buying businesses. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in. And yeah, I got sucked into that. Ozark is, is, is a great experience. And it's not heavy. I think it's done. Four seasons. They, the, this upcoming season is the last mm-hmm. season. Uh, but yeah, those are the type of things I like to, to just jump into and uh, lose myself for a little while. Interesting. I think it's, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I do think it's interesting that we have the proliferation of content that shows the entrepreneurial side of criminality has become very popular, right? Like Narcos and you know, all this stuff has really, has really hit. And I know Narcos has gotten popular because now everybody calls me Pablo Escobar. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What is, uh, what's something that you were sure about in your twenties, like sure about in your twenties that you no longer believe to be true? Wow. That I no longer believe to be true. Well, that we, we touched on it earlier. Uh, that my, my, my primary home is an asset, you know, that, that I was indoctrinated into that belief system that, and I'll explain to anyone who doesn't understand that 
if you want to figure out if something is an asset or a liability, and, and I'm sorry, I mean to correct uh, my, my, my primary home is a liability, um, then you have to ask, does it generate income for you? Does it make money for you? If your primary home or anything else, like your car, is it making money or is it draining money? If it's draining money, it's not an investment. It's not an asset. So yeah, that, that was the eye opener for me and the mind shift. And then it applied to business. It applied to everything, dude. It applied to just relationships. Just, it's, it's just expanded its reach. But yeah, understanding that concept is a game changer. Excellent. What's the best piece of advice either that you've ever gotten or the best piece of advice you always like to give? Well, lately it's all the stuff we're talking about. Um, yeah. It's hard to understand if you don't practice it and it takes time, but having an abundance mindset, when I adopted that, the, the value driven idea to just give, 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 give with nothing and expecting nothing in return, that, whew, that changed my life too, man. Because when I started to do that and started to adopt an abundance mindset and then ha- surround myself with people that have the same idea of life, man, that changed everything. Cause then all of a sudden opportunities just fell out of the sky. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get emotionally if I think about it because it wasn't really truly. And I've heard it over and over and over again. And I didn't get it for a long time. And then when I was like, I'm just going to, and it didn't happen overnight. I had to get, I had to get there. I had to get there on my own. And when, once I got there, I'm like, holy crap, this is, this is the, the lotto numbers. People are like, well, oh, you know, the future, give me, give me some lotto numbers. That's the lotto number right there. I love it, dude. I love it. I'm going to link up to podmax.co, onairbrands.com. I want to take this moment to give a ringing endorsement to Podmax, right? Like we, you really haven't explained it very much. You only just said that you really care about how you make people feel at the event. And by the way, that was very, very apparent, right? Like as, as I, as I took part in Podmax, I'm just like, man, these motherfuckers are doing it good, right? Like, like Josh, <laughs> like Josh Carey, like I, I look at Josh Carey as an MC and I'm like, oh, game, respect game. I really like yeah. what he, I, I love how he does it. But the, the ability to everything we talked about, right? Like to, to forge relationships through a service-driven thing that creates content and adds aggregate value and launches, you know, either your podcast or your name or teaches you how to present yourself better. Like it is this beautiful, beautiful amalgamation of everything that we just described and I couldn't recommend it anymore. Uh, but I want to also allow you to Dude. tell our friend that we're in his ear or her ear right now, how to connect with you, anything you want to promote, anything you want to like draw attention to anything like that. Dude, you said it. I, I can't say it more perfectly. I, I love how you have a mastery over words and you say similar things that I say in Pablo's words. And it's awesome to hear because I, I just love hearing other people's perspective and how they frame it. And it's, it's, it's just inspiring, you know, watching you and seeing you and you do your thing. And I'm like, man, we're servicing the same people. And we're also have the same driven values and passion but we're different people, yeah. even though we're mirrors. It's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we're, right? We're, we're definitely selling the same shit, right? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so know? weird though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you get it and yeah. I get it. And I'm like, yeah, that's all it's for, man. We, we just want to help more people. We want to help more people 
and we want to do the best and do right by those people yeah. and what they need because a lot of people need our help. A lot of people need their voice heard. They need to, especially during these times as businesses are beginning to fold, how do you reinvent yourself? How do you put that message out there? How do you clarify that story? You know, we're there, we're there for people to help you so that when you show up to PodMax, you're ready, you're prepared as best as you can be. You don't have to be perfect. Don't give yourself the pressure of, I have to be at the top of my game. Yes, the top of your game in the chapter of life you're in currently. Yeah. We're going to capture that moment in time and you're going to look back at this and go, man, that was chapter three in my life. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm onto another book and different chapters. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I just love the opportunities that we provide and the, the, the feedback that we get is just inspiring, man. I'm like, I can't believe the words people say when they're at the event and after the event, you know, life altering, yeah. game changer, yeah. Uh, you know, just amazing things that people say. The amount of people that come back to every event, right? Like to yeah, me, it was very back. obvious that people are like, bro, I got to come back to this. It's like the yeah. best, man. Sometimes I'm, I, here's where I realized the value is that they're coming back because it's really their only content game. Some of them just show up because they're like, that's the only time they have an opportunity. They're busy to get on shows or to create content for themselves. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool what we're doing, man. And, and you know, behind the scenes, like who's looking under the hood and they're like, man, we're interested in what you're doing. I'm like, oh, I guess we're doing something, right? So, <laughs> yeah, sure. so it's really cool, man. I'm just humbled and honored to, to be at this point in life where, you know, the shit is hitting the fan and we're, we're, we're surviving through it, you know, yeah. in, in the best way we can. So yeah, just, just really, really happy and honored to, to be on your show and all the opportunities that everyone's providing. I got one last question for you before we, before we do all of our niceties, goodbyes, but also before that question, how do anybody that wants to reach out to you personally, best way? Personally, I'm loving LinkedIn, dude. I can't believe I've been sleeping on that bad boy. So yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm at Eric E. Cabral. I'll link it. Yeah. Eric E. Cabral um, is probably some of the best place. I got Eric with a K. Eric with a K, E-R-I-K-E Cabral. Somebody grabbed up my name without my middle initial, but um, then if, dude, I, can we do our serve public service announcement? Please. If you're on LinkedIn, stop spamming people. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I can't, I can't filter enough. I'm like, yeah. where's Pablo's message? Because I got a thousand yeah. spam messages. That's, when is that going to go away? But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's something that I love. LinkedIn, being able to just directly connect, put more content out there. I really, truly feel, and I know you agree, that LinkedIn now is what Facebook was five, 10 years ago. 2014 the opportunities. Facebook. There's just a land grab. Everybody's shifting yeah. over. Yeah. Facebook is, is still there. I still mm -hmm. operate there, but LinkedIn, man, that's the heavy hitter. I describe LinkedIn right now as um, LinkedIn not that long ago was a town with dirt roads built for horses. And all of a sudden they built all these highways. So whoever's got a car is going to see everybody and get to know everybody really, really quickly. Right. It. Because, because they went into this like native content game. Right. Yes. So I, I, yeah. I just think if you're, if you're putting out, leading with value, right? Like if you're putting out their valuable stuff, the things that you are learning in the process that you are living in, as opposed to the shit that you want people to do. Yeah. Um, instead, just the lessons you're learning, man, it goes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and what's powerful about it is everyone's there to win everybody there. No, you know, there, there's that saying like you can build up your own skyscraper, right? Or you can tear down others yeah. Yeah. and be the one, you know, try to be the only one standing. Yeah. I feel like everyone there is building. Everyone there is like, let's build a city together. 
Whereas Facebook right now, everyone's tearing shit down. <laughs> so like, I don't want to be in that world anymore. I don't want to be like in the middle of these arguments. Just leave me out of it. I'm going to go over here where the skyscrapers are growing and the roads have been paved. Uh, yeah, but who knows? LinkedIn will hopefully last for a little bit. And then the next thing, you know, we're, you and I are in the game. So we know what's coming up. We in the game, baby. Last question is, where do you find community? Community. Dude, uh, for, first it starts at home, right? You, you, you got to be healthy and well at home. Um, and then, you know, within arm's length, you know, I have my community here in my neighborhood, but then also um, my tribe, is, it, 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 it extends into my business, right? So that's my, that's my micro core and the, the people that I speak to each and every day. You're getting into that fold now, which is really cool. And then it expands from there, the people that are in your tribe and in my tribe that are getting fused together, right? We build the network and then they're all starting to come. They're all starting to see what we're doing and paying attention. So yeah, it's really, it's really outreach and the ripple effect of, of what we're doing. Buddy, I, uh, I want to acknowledge you, man. I, I feel like I've sprinkled in a bunch of compliments uh, ahead of, you know, throughout this, throughout this thing, but it's rare that I come across somebody that really embodies all the stuff that I really, really believe in at a high level. And on top of that, you know, is, is such a cool dude. And, and I, man, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm now choking because of, because I've been thinking about this for so long, but, it, but in, in a, in a very genuine way, man, you are such an inspiration to me because what, what, what Gary V is, to me as a North star, you are to me as my next navigation point. And it's so fucking important to see somebody that is validating the things that I really believe in that are also the most noble virtues of what I believe in mm -hmm. and doing it at a high level, succeeding at a high level and, and being this really genuine great hand. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I just want to acknowledge you for that, man. And I'm just really, really grateful that we've gotten this close this quickly. Honestly. Yeah, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man. And you know, when things are meant to be, they happen quickly. Um, so I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you being in my world and you know, anything I could do for you, you know, I'm there, man. I don't want to get emotional either, but uh, yeah. Love you, brother. Awesome. Love you too, bro. I hope you enjoyed that conversation right there as much as I did. Listen, Connect with Pablo is a content marketing community creation agency. The bottom line is that if you can start creating content that can give value to your customers or audience while creating strategic relationships through it, you can have a content machine that allows you to tell the story of your business through the value you are creating while gathering people together. If you're curious about that or know someone who could be, please shoot me an email at you should at connectwithpablo.com or hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn through the profiles tagged in the show notes. If you just want a quick pick me up and some tactical advice right before walking into a room full of strangers, go to connectwithpablo.com, watch the five minute video about how to walk into a room and not feel like you're all alone and or download the little cheat sheet on how to do just that. I have a lot of my friends that I've done networking with me for a long time tell me that they love watching that thing and carrying it around when they're walking into a networking event or they're walking into a conference or sometimes even if you're just walking into a wedding and you don't know anybody, right? It has a lot of use for it. I invite you to check it out if you need it.
I really hope you stick around, connect with me, and start leaning into finding value in others and feeling like you have value to give yourself. It'll make the world a better place, I promise. Until the next episode, I am Pablo Gonzalez, your Chief Executive Connector. <laughs>